Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. Good morning. We are kicking off a series this morning, and it's called This Is Us. Obviously, that's a TV show. I didn't come up with that on my own, but here's why we're doing this series. We, we have uh, around here what we call core values, and a core value is, is basically it, it's, um, it's guiding principles that we really, really believe in that helps us do ministry here. You could call it our DNA. You could call it our culture. In, in any organization, any business, it's important to have some core values, some things you hold very, very dear. And we have five of those. And so this isn't this morning just about something, uh, a vision just to stick on the wall. But this is, this is what we believe is really part of our heart, our thinking. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing those things because as we get ready to transition and move uh, we, you know, it's just a good opportunity. Our team has been working on, hey, what, what changes need made? What opportunities does this give us going forward? And so all of this is, is getting all of us ready and inspired for a, a big move. I mean, no, that's a good thing. And so uh, one of our core values is growing. Everyone say growing. And so we have a tagline or a sentence that goes with that that says, we are learning to live a life of faith. I believe this that one of the biggest things that you and I need to do is continue to grow. How I many know if you're done growing, you're done? And so the word growing and the word learning, I want to talk a lot about this morning. Now, a lot of times when you say, we're going to talk about some vision, we're going to talk about some core values, sometimes we're like, oh, it's going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. Actually, I believe it's going to be very inspiring. Um, we had a lot of good feedback in the first experience this morning because this is going to be a very heart-moving heart-evaluating type of message that I want to share with you this morning. But the Bible says the key to receiving anything that God provides by grace is what? Faith. And it's up to you and I to begin to learn how to live a life of faith. And so at LifePoint, one of the most important things for us is that you learn to live a life of faith. Faith is how you receive anything God has made available to you. But we're learning this, amen? We're discovering this together. And we're learning how to live a life of faith. That's important for all of it. It's just one of the most important things to us. That's why we get up here every Sunday and I take 25, 30 minutes. I know it might feel like longer, but 25, 30 minutes to share with you just things from the Bible because we have to learn these things. Just because you might be a born-again Christian, um, that's not where it, start, it stops. You have to continue to learn and grow. And the Bible says he takes us from glory to glory or level to level and level. Uh, it takes us higher and higher. And so I've heard this said before that healthy things grow. If it's healthy, it grows. But growth brings change, and change is wonderful. Actually, that's not the saying. It says, healthy things grow, growing things, oh, wait a minute, how's it go? <laughs> healthy things grow, growing things change, and change is challenging. You say you like change, you don't like change. If someone came in here this morning and they're sitting in the seat you usually sit in, you're having a rough morning. You've already had to go before God and repent because I didn't take my seat. Uh, we just get used to things. But how many know we need to change? Anyone glad that God doesn't have to change? He's the same yesterday, today, forever. God doesn't have to change or morph or adjust. We do. And the way we do that is, guess what? Growing. All of us are called to grow. So let's talk about that this morning. It's just something we believe very strongly in here. It's one of our core beliefs, growing. That we're learning to live a life of faith. So uh, I believe this, that I think in this room this morning, there are four different types of people. We could call them four phases, four levels, but there are four different types of people. And so I just gave them some of my own names. 
doesn't necessarily say it this way in the Bible, but this is what I would tag us. So some of us in here today, I'm going to call explorers. And here's what I mean by that. You believe in God, but you're not sure about all this relationship with Jesus stuff. So faith isn't overly significant in your life, but you're open to it. Does that make sense? You're, you're open to it. That, that's what I call an explorer. Then I believe there are some pursuers in this room. So a pursuer is somebody who you've come into a relationship with Jesus. You're saved, but you haven't really grown yet. Maybe you're a new believer or you, 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 you're just starting to realize that salvation is just the starting point. And so for you, faith is important. Then there's some of us in this room I would call you a believer. Sounds good, right? A believer. And I would say it this way, that Jesus and a relationship with him is probably the most important thing in your life. I would say it this way, your faith is it's essential in your life. And, and, and hey, no matter where you might be at and what I just said, it's not like, well, this person's better than the other. Just, you may be starting out, you're just exploring things. Or maybe, hey, I, I'm pursuing more of God. Or I'm a believer now. But what if I told you there was actually another phase or another level? And I would call it a follower. See, a follower is a person who Christ is the center of their life. It's no longer about you. It's absolutely all about Jesus. And I believe that's what the Bible tells us we need to become is a follower. For a follower, your faith is absolutely everything in your life. It is the thing in your life. Now, no matter where you're at on any one of those phases or places, the key or the goal to go from one to the next is growing. You can grow from an explorer to a... And everyone starts somewhere. You, you, the goal is for us to grow from someone who's just exploring faith to someone who is starting to pursue faith into the phase of being a believer and finally growing to the place of being a follower. Actually, to go from an explorer, which we would, we would just say this, they're exploring Christ. So to go from exploring Christ to growing in Christ, which would be a pursuer, what's the key to growing, though? Here's the key to growing, though. The Bible says if you seek him with all of your heart, you're going to find him. So if you want to go from just exploring what this means, what God means, and all, to go from that to really starting to understand and become a pursuer, it just takes continuing to seek God. The Bible says if you seek him with your heart, he's going to reward you for your seeking. You're going to find him. And so to go from growing in Christ to being close to Christ or being a believer, what's it take? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the words of Jesus. You grow from that level to becoming close to Christ. Romans says it this way, that we're a living sacrifice and we're letting our mind be remodeled and renewed on an ongoing basis. That's how we grow. So we grow from exploring Christ to growing in Christ to becoming close to Christ. But how do you go from being close to Christ to just totally being Christ-centered? There's one word, it's the S word, and we don't like it. It's called surrender. Your flesh doesn't like it. Your mind doesn't like it. It's called surrender. That's how you go from being a believer in Jesus, being saved, to really, really being a follower. And so this is interesting, but in the Bible, you know, Jesus never called us Christians. He never said something like this, I want you all to become Christians. Actually, the word Christian came from unbelievers who were watching all of these new um, 
people coming to faith in Christ, and they didn't know what to call them, so they called them Christians, which means little Christs, or they're acting just like Christ. That's what it means. But Jesus never called us Christians, and he didn't even ask us to become Christians. He used a different word, and there's a word that's used throughout the Gospels, and it's actually used even into the book, uh, the book of Acts, and it's this word. It's the word disciple. Everybody say disciple. That's actually the word Jesus uses. He didn't say become a Christian. He actually said this, become a disciple. Now, if you went online and you hit the Google search and you put in disciple, you're going to find something like this, a learner or a pupil. And that's true because disciple isn't necessarily just a scriptural word. Disciple, there can be disciples in many areas. It just means that you're an apprentice. But if you take the Bible, biblical interpretation of the word disciple, it really gives us this idea that you follow somebody, you follow a master so close that it changes the way you think and it changes the actions of your life. The best definition I could give you is, would be this. You are an ad- adherent follower or you're an adherent learner with endeavor. Here, here, here's what that means. So you are such a passionate follower of Jesus that it has action attached to it. Sometimes a believer just believes, and although there's action, but a follower, in other words, everything you're learning, all of your relationship with Jesus is absolutely changing your lifestyle. It's changing your relationships, it's changing your emotions, it's changing your feelings, it's changing your finances. It is just absolutely changing how you do life because you follow him so closely. That's what a follower is. And when I read the Bible, I do not see Jesus saying, become a Christian. I see Jesus saying, become a follower. I mean, that's some good stuff. Matter of fact, I would step out on a limb and make this statement. I, I told the crowd earlier this morning, one of the biggest problems I see with modern day ministry is we made it so much about meeting all of your needs. Now, I do believe the church ought to help you with your needs. And I do believe that there's a place for meeting your needs. But the priority of your relationship and the priority of our church should be that it's all about Jesus and being Christ-centered, not just your needs. And I will tell you that we live in a me, me, me culture. And we bring it into worship and we bring it into our faith when Jesus was saying the total opposite, it's all about him. It's not all about you. But in finding him and pursuing him, he does meet every need. Amen? But there's something that I noticed about Jesus. Every time Jesus, uh, and, and you got to understand, Jesus is, I mean, he's raising some dead people, right? He's healing some lame people. I mean, he is, how I many know he's on tour and things are happening? So when things are happening, you want to be there. And so there are all these large crowds that kept following Jesus. But every time crowds got large, Jesus started to thin out the crowds. Because sometimes we want to see how many people we can pack in a building. How how big is your church? Well, how many, if I go to conferences and things, that's the pastor talk. How big is your church? Well, how many came on Sunday? And we get really into that. And I see Jesus kind of doing the opposite. He wasn't looking how many people would attend, but he was actually saying, how many of you are really followers? I mean, how, it's great that y'all believe, but how many of you, like, are really disciples? How many of you are really following? Now, I don't have a problem with growth. I don't have a problem with packing the place out. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying the heart of this is not how many people are in attendance, but how many people are becoming disciples. So let me give you a couple of scriptures. It will, will make some pointers. In Luke chapter 9, <clears throat> this is Jesus talking, and Jesus said to all of his followers, if you really truly desire to be my disciple or an adherent learner, 
then you must disown your own life partially. As long as you're comfy, right? No. What did Jesus say? He said, as long as you're going to, unless you just disown yourself completely and you embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways, for if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you're actually going to embark on a discovery of more and more and more of what life is truly about. But if you choose just to hang on to your life for yourself, you're going to lose what you try to keep. And even if you gain all the wealth and power in the world and everything that it could give you, but you lose your own peace and soul in the process, what good is that for yourself? Matter of fact, I would say it so strongly that if you're living for yourself, there's no way you can follow Jesus. So what Jesus is really saying here in, in, in this scripture, he's, he's saying something like this. He's looking at all this crowd that's growing, that's following him, and Jesus said, if you really, really want to follow me, here's what you need to do. You need to start laying down your will and your ways and your wants. And you need to pick up my word and follow me. What he's really saying is pick up your cross. Well, here's what that means. What he's saying is you need to pick up the word of God and it's against your flesh. The cross is your flesh. Because we have, how many know we have our own wants? We have our own pride. We have our own desires. Now, God's not against you wanting and desiring things. He just said when it comes to his will and his way and his word, it's about laying that down. Actually, the Amplified Bible says it this way. If you're not willing in the process to just lose yourself, you're going to miss following. And this is really the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of life change. It's the heart of the message that Jesus preached, that it is no longer about And see, we come to Jesus because our life is all a mess, and we've made a mess of things, and we come to him because we need rescued, and we need help, and we got nothing to offer him but faith, and we embrace his salvation, and then we get feeling pretty good about ourselves, and we forget that it was all about him, and we start making it a little bit about ourselves. and that's not what Jesus ever preached it's not what Jesus ever taught, but he did say this, in losing yourself, you're absolutely going to find yourself, and you're absolutely going to find everything you ever desired anyways. Let, let, let me read you another scripture, because Jesus didn't tell us to go make Christians. He actually said this in Matthew. He said, Jesus came close to them, and he said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Go out of my authority and make what? Disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to faithfully follow everything I've commanded you. And never forget, I'm with you even to the completion of the age. What Jesus said is, go make a disciple out of people. He didn't say, go make Christians. He said, go become disciples and make disciples. Remember, he, he walked up on shore and he found all these fishermen. And he said to them, if you come and follow me, I'm going to make you into what? A fisherman. What he was saying was this, he could say to you, hey, if you're a doctor, I'm going to make you into a doctor of faith. Or if you're a businessman, let me make you into a businessman of faith. Let me, let me make you into a follower. Whatever your thing is, your purpose is, let me make you into that for my kingdom is what he's saying. But it takes, it takes following him. It takes being a disciple. And so um, let me tell you where all this kind of, kind of came in. A, a few weeks, or actually a few months ago, I was with most of our team, and we were, we were at Gateway Church, and we were at a network gathering, and in that network, we're gathering, the theme of the few days I was there was 
discipleship. What, what is your church doing? Are you really discipling people? And so uh, there, there was a challenge in all of our hearts, just are we really being disciples or are we just being Christians? And then there was an evaluation as a pastor I had. It started, it started making me ask some, some questions because how many know it's important to be able to measure things? Okay, so for example, have any of you ever gone on like a weight loss program? Okay, <laughs> no, this is the skinniest bunch I've ever seen. <laughs> when you do that, there is, the first thing you do is that painful thing, which don't do between like Thanksgiving and New Year's, but you go over to the scales and you get on the scales and you're expecting a certain number and that number is like, it's just not what you expected, right? There's this massive disappointment, and you're like, something has to be wrong with these scales. So you go buy some new scales, and they're maybe a little higher than the last one. So all of a sudden, you're measuring the weight. And as you go along, maybe, you know, you put a few weeks in on this weight loss program. Every morning you're going on, you're stepping on the weight because you want to see how things are going. Or maybe you deal with like some blood pressure issues. And so every once in a while, you've got to put that thing on your arm, pump that thing up, and take your blood pressure. Okay, well, let, let, let me make this maybe a little more at home. So um, any of you guys ever played fantasy football? Here's how I know what's going on in fantasy football, because somewhere since we started this experience to right now, you've already checked your lineup. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. You can repent later. You've already put your lineup together. You know who's out. You're, 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 and if this service was a little bit later, um, you're going to be checking the score if you have any points, right? Don't raise your hand. I see it all over your faces. <laughs> I've been there. Or, you know, yesterday, um, I love Saturdays because college football's on. And so we were having to do a little bit of work outside. And every once in a while, I'd be like, you know, I just need a little break. I need, I need to go inside and get a drink. She goes, yeah, I'm thirsty. I said, while I'm in here, I might as well check the scores, you know, while I'm in the house. Because I want to see who's winning and who's losing. And how many know it's just important to check up on things. But here's what I would like to do for the next few moments. Is I would like you to evaluate how well you're following. Not just believing but how well are you really following how well of a disciple you're being? What's your fellowship like? And I know it sounds like it's actually a word. It didn't used to be a word, but it's actually a word now. I'll define it at the end, your fellowship. But it, it made me think about a few things. First of all, as the pastor of LifePoint Church, here's the question I wrote down to ask, and it was this. How well are we making disciples? I mean, not how, not how many people are coming, but how well are we, I mean, how much are we growing? Now, I, I hope if you've been coming here, you can say, man, I'm growing. But how, how, how much of a disciple, how, how well are you following Jesus? I mean, how, are we producing X amount of people per experience? Or are we producing X amount of disciples that are really following Jesus? And I think that led to a few other questions that you have to answer yourself are you actively becoming a Christ-centered follower? Uh, or how about this? Are you becoming more responsible to God, to your family, to your church, to your resources, to your influence? Or have you stalled? Because, see, we can start out and move from an explorer to a pursuer, even move to a believer, or even move to a follower. And every once in a while, we can sort of settle or stall. Because the number one enemy to growing is just settling and stalling. And God never called any of us to peak. He wants us to keep going higher. The Bible actually says it this way. For you to go from glory to glory to glory. You know what that means? Level to level, level to level. But what if we stall sometimes? 
I read this the other day. They said there's actually some ways you can know if you're stalling as a follower of Jesus. Here's the first one. There's actually three of them. The first one was this, that you stop investing in your faith or you invest less in your faith than you used to. See, little investment means, guess what, little growth. But if you're investing in your faith, and by investing in your faith, I mean, you're in church. I mean, you are reading, you're in the Word of God. You're doing these things. You're investing in your spiritual life. But when you stop investing like you used to, it's a sign that you're kind of stalling. And there's another one that was really interesting. The second one was this, that you're less connected than you used to be, and you're more disappointed in church. That's really interesting to me that says that I'm investing less in my faith, and now I'm less connected, and it makes me more disappointed in my church. See, it used to be you, you were fired up to be in church. I mean, you just, it didn't matter what song they sang. You're ready to worship. It didn't matter. You just wanted to hear more preaching and teaching. You just wanted to be around people who loved God, and there was such a passion for it. But then somewhere along the line, we connect less. We're in church a little less, and we get a little disappointed. So the things before you never notice, now all of a sudden, well, you know, um, Pastor Mitch did that song. I, I didn't like that song. What's up with his hair? Man, why does a man need a bun anyways? You, you're thinking things like this, or Pastor Aaron gets up, and he, why didn't we preach on Jesus coming back? That's what we need to hear. And we just get more about us. And we just get disappointed. Walking, well, I'll give that, you know, that message like, yeah, four today. I didn't, I had to park way out there. It was gravel. But, and we just get disappointed in church. It's a sign we're starting to stall. And the last one is this. We're just too busy. We keep saying, I'm too busy. So how do you know when you're sort of stalling out in your pursuit of God? Well, I'm investing less in my faith than I used to. I'm becoming more disconnected. So I'm more disappointed in church. And then I keep saying, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. And hey, listen, I get it. I, I live in the same world you do. We got kids Kids are needy. No one told you that before you had them. But they're needy, right? You think, well, they'll get a little bit older. No, it gets worse. <laughs> well, they're five. When they get to like 10, no. They get, are you all with me? Yeah. Well, that's the first amen I've got all morning. <laughs> or we got to be here, we got to be there, we got this going on, we got that going on. And life is busy. But for a follower of Jesus, he's the priority in our life. It's, it's the priority of my life is to lay this down and pick up his will and pick up his word and pick up his ways and follow after him. But we can all get to a place where we stall. And every once in a while, we need a message like this or we need the spirit of God to stir us so we don't stay stalled. So, so when I was at uh, this gathering that I was at with these leaders, um, basically uh, a gentleman spoke who was from one of the largest churches in the country. And he was responsible for raising millions of dollars for buildings, running programs, hundreds of programs. Every, all these people are coming, money's coming, programs are working. He just stopped one day and he said, is there more? Is this really what this is all about? And he said, are we just raising money, building buildings? Nothing wrong with that. Or he said, are we really making disciples? And so as this process went along, uh, they started interviewing the best churches in the country. And they actually came into uh, circumstantial contact with um, a, a survey company, not a spiritual company, just a, they, they do all kinds of business surveys. And so they started surveying in America 
the discipleship process and the effectiveness of discipleship and really what a discipleship was. So they took all this secular information, brought it out, and found out all these spiritual truths. It was an amazing thing. And so what they said is there are 50 catalysts for you to grow as a follower of Christ or be, be a disciple. I'm not sharing all 50 of those with you this morning. I do want to share the top five with you. I put them in my own words. Basically what I'm saying to you, I think these five things that I'm going to share, and I know I usually have three. I've got five this morning. These five things I want to share with you, I'm going to share them real quickly, but this is how you can evaluate your fellowship, or you can evaluate how well you're doing as a disciple. Here's, here's the first one, um, and I'll word it this way, that you read the Bible for life, transfer, life transformation, not head information. You are reading the Bible, the Word of God, and you're reading it for your life to get transformed, not just for information up here. Now, let me back up, and I said read the Bible. I, I'm going to just say this to all of you, that if the Bible being opened on Sunday morning is the only time it's getting opened in your life, I don't think you can call yourself a follower of Jesus. The Bible is the number one tool that God has given us to follow him. Now, when the disciples were with Jesus, the Bible said Jesus was the word of God in the flesh. They were following what? The word of God. Now, it does not matter if you use a digital format or paper. I will tell you, I like both. On Sundays, I use digital because it lets me move back and forth. But I just can't get away from opening the pages of this book and, and reading these. And if we're saying, well, I've just been too busy to read the Bible, what are we saying? I'm about to stall. I do believe this. We need to consume this book. The world that we live in right now, the culture that we're in the midst of right now, you and I need truth. And this is still the book of truth. I heard it say this way. If the pages of this book are worn out, your life will not be worn out. There are still answers in this book for everything that you're about to face. Actually, the end of everything is already recorded. If you are a follower of Jesus, I will tell you this. You do not have to be stressed about what's coming in the future. I'll just let you in on it. You win. Put your faith in him. He comes back. He takes you up there. You win. Look at someone and say, I'm a winner. I do not see in here that, well, we'll just see what happens. But you got to know that. See, we made all these confessions a little bit a few moments ago. That was all scriptural stuff. Now, some of it I said in my own words, but that's what Jesus said about you. But, but we need to read the Bible not just to get some information. We need to read the Bible that it transforms our life. If you are a follower of Jesus, you've got to make some priority sometime in your day to just read the Word. I'm not saying it has to be for two hours. I'm just saying you need to open the Word of God because every time, this is the only book when you open it, the author is right there with you. This is the only book when you open it, it's alive. The Bible said it's just like a sword. It's going to cut through your flesh. It's going to cut through your wrong thinking. It's going to cut through the spirit man. And it's going to bring truth and life to you. I would say this to you. If you have to, turn the tube off and turn the truth on. I'm saying to you, you got to niche out some time to just read the Bible. You don't have to memorize all of it. You don't have to know who begat, who begat, who begat, who. You don't have to unpack all the seals that are in the back, but you got to find some truth in the Gospels in there. It, it, it's, it'll, get, it'll, it'll bring, the Bible says there's before you life and death. You choose this, it'll choose life for you. You will not go under if you are understanding this book. Now listen, part of my job is to get up here and explain some deeper things. You don't have to know all the deeper things, but you and I, if we are a follower of Jesus, we need to follow the words. So my challenge is we wrap up a year and go into a new year, just open this book on a daily basis. If it is five minutes, it's five minutes stronger than you were before. 
But what happens when we just get a little too busy? Well, and if you miss a day, God's not going to zap you. Well, I didn't get my rating in. You're done. God's not that way. If he was, you would already be zapped. But on a consistent basis, if we are, I heard someone say, if, if, how did they say it? If, if seven days without this book makes one week. W-E-A-K. We want to be strong, amen? All right, here's the second one, all right? I worded it this way. We apply faith principles to every area of our life. We apply faith principles to every area of our life. Here's what I mean by that. If we are studying the word, in this word you're going to find truth. And we need to be able to take that truth and apply it to our life. What we're doing is we are fixing some core beliefs in our life. Guys, if you have not noticed, our world is crazy. K-R-A-Z-E-E, it's crazy. And it, according, the Bible actually says this, it's icky dark, message Bible, and it's getting ickier and ickier and ickier. But it says this, believers can grow stronger and stronger and brighter and brighter and brighter. Why is that? Because the word of God. Take the word of God. If Jesus said it, well, I, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to apply it to my relationships. I'm going to apply it to my finances. I'm going to apply it to my neighborhood. I'm going to apply it to my church. I'm going to take what Jesus said and just apply it to my life. Don't debate with God. And, well, I don't know if that works. No, we just take it and we say, if God said it this way, I'm going to believe it. Because there, there is a massive lack of truth in our world. You will not find truth in our world. It was predicted, it's happening, and it's gone from bad to worse. But the word of Jesus still stands. It'll stand forever. It'll stand past every man's prophecy. It'll stand past every problem. Come on, somebody. The word of God is not trendy. You don't need to go for trendy. You go for truth, which means if God said it, I'm going to. What it comes down to is this word we don't like to use. It's called obedience. Actually, the Bible says, if you're going to be my disciple, you need, how do you know? Obey. I will tell you that the Bible says we're not to go around judging each other, right? But it does say this, judge a person's fruit. I can judge the fruit in your life. I'm not judging you. I can just say, I can tell if you're following. I can tell how obedient you are. Well, you know, the, I want to do this a little bit. No, what's the word of God say? I'm going to apply it to my life. Young people, don't live by what the world's telling you. Live by what Jesus said. And I'll tell you what, 10 years from now, you will be blessed and you'll be above and you will not be beneath. You want to live by your opinions and trends and all of that? Guess what? You're going to have some struggles. Come on, how many know I'm preaching some truth? All right, so i got to keep moving. Here, here's here's the, the third one. that uh, I just worded it. These are my words that you slow down and be with God. I'm talking, this is what makes a disciple, and this is what helps us grow from whatever level to the next to the next, that we're reading the word of God and we're applying it to our life. Actually, the Bible says this. If you just hear the word and you don't apply it, it will confuse you. But if you hear it and you obey it and you do it, it will bless you. But then guess what? We need to slow down. Everybody say slow down. Slow down and be with God. Here's what that means. We could just, they used to say it this way, some spiritual practices in our lives. But it's not about activities. We just got to slow down and be with God. The disciples, they were just with Jesus. And I, listen, I get it. We're busy people. There's a lot going on. But guys, listen, a real follower, find some time for Jesus. I will prioritize some time with Jesus. I'm talking really being a follower. And Jesus said, if you lose yourself and you lay down yourself, you're going to find life. 
And we're trying to hold on to our own thoughts, opinions, desires. But just slow down and be with God. And here's what that means. You just got to have some time. And, it, it, and listen, if you got little kids and everything, sometimes you got to just steal the time. You might be on the, in the car going to work, crank up some worship music, pray to God on the way to work. I know many of you are teachers. I would be praying before I walked in that building. I would crank up some worship. If you know that, if you know, man, my boss or you got a big test or whatever it is, I just got to turn some worship music up. I got to slow down and be with God. Or sometimes we just got to make some time. We just got to pray. We got to take a walk. We got to do something. We got to be with Jesus. You know what they said about the early disciples? They said this about them. They said, you know what? They weren't the most well-educated bunch. But one thing we could tell, they had been with Jesus. Now think about that. They said they, they, they could tell they weren't overly schooled. They weren't the most eloquent speakers. They didn't know everything. But one thing they did know, they'd been with Jesus. And how, I think that would be a pride. What if they said that about you? What, you know, he's not the smartest brick in the wall or he's he or she. You know, they, they don't have a bunch of degrees. But I'll tell you one thing, they know God. And, and when someone needs something, they're not looking for the diploma on, their, on your wall. They're looking for somebody who's been with Jesus because that changes everything. We just need to slow down and be with Jesus because when you slow down and be with Jesus, you will hear him speak. And when you hear him speak, you can believe him and you can start to obey him. We hear God, we believe God, we obey God. Y'all getting something good? I got two more. You ready for the last two? Home stretch. Here we go. Here's number four. You won't like it, but this is how I worded it. A disciple or who, someone who is growing, they give their life away. They give their life away. They're willing to lay down their life. They are willing to serve. That's not a popular message. Jesus himself said, you know what? I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Philippians said, I, Jesus just emptied himself of everything that made him God, and he came down to earth, and he took the form of what? King Big Daddy. No, what did he say? He took the form of a servant. Remember this story? Jesus was at dinner. His life is hitting the home stretch, and he shows up at this house, and they're having dinner, and the custom would be in those times that there would be some hosts there, and they would wash the feet of the guests. And the Bible said no one washed anyone's feet. So Jesus took off his outer garment, wrapped a towel around his waist, and started to wash feet. And Jesus said this, just do what I did. Now the important thing is, the Bible's not telling us to go around washing feet, because we don't need to do that in our culture. What he's saying is serve. What he's saying is, we spend so much of our time about me and what I need and what I want. And Jesus said, you know what, here's what happens when you follow Jesus. You start giving your life away. You start serving in church. You start serving in the community. You just give your life away. And in giving away your life, you get everything and you discover everything and you find everything you ever desired anyways. But here's what happens to us. We get going along and we just, well, I'm a little too busy or I can't sign up for that. I'm just, you know, I need, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. It, it's actually been a, a little bit longer than I remembered, but he was putting this new intern program together at his church and he had young adults coming and they were signing up and he was doing his um, orientation with them, and he went through the schedule, and he went through all these things, and when he got done, one young lady raised her hand. He said, yeah, did you have a question? She said, I was looking at the schedule, and it looks pretty full, and she said, I didn't see anywhere on the schedule like some me, me time. And he said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, I just need time every day, just, just some me time. 
And he said, what would you have said in that situation? I said, you don't want to know what I probably would have said in that situation. But that's where we have become. Me. It's become me-centered, not Jesus-centered. And Jesus said, if you follow me, you're going to notice you're going to want to give your life away. You're going to want to just serve. You're going to want to just be generous. You're going to want to just give. And here's the last one, and I worded it this way. That a person who is a disciple or they're growing and they're changing, they live in circles, not rows. They live in circles, not rows. Here's what I mean by that. We can come in to church and just sit in a row every Sunday and never get connected and never grow and never do life with anybody. Actually, you know what statistics say today? It is so bizarre. This is the most connected generation ever, ever. But they are the most loneliest generation ever. Why can we be so connected on a cell phone and be lonely? You can talk to anybody, anywhere in the world for hours, but we're lonely. I remember this was not too long ago, and this is just a really weird image. I was sitting on the couch. My wife was in the other room. My one daughter was upstairs, and my other daughter was in another room, and we're texting each other. And I just remember thinking, this is the dumbest thing. There's actually a Bible word, and it's not connection. Because connection sounds good, but the Bible word is community. To have a common unity. That's how the church started, a common unity. But if, see, a follower doesn't live their life just sitting in a row Sunday after Sunday. They do it in circles. In other words, you need somebody. We need each other. We need each other to what? Grow. We're better together. We're stronger together. That means you, you should be in a group, you should be on a team because you do life together. You grow together. And it's okay, I always say it's okay not to be all right. It's not all right to stay not all right. But in a circle, you become all right. Now, how many would agree with me? How many have ever tried to just do it yourself? How's that working for you? Do you know that Jesus, it, it, if you could do it yourself, if that's the way God designed it, God would have never made Eve for Adam. He said, I made me an Adam. It's all good. You got this, Adam. The Bible said Adam couldn't do it, so God made Eve for Adam. And what I'm saying to you is you need some bodies in your life, the right somebodies in your life. So I told you I would define this word fellowship. Anyone get something good out of that this morning? So here's what I'm saying to you. I hope your goal is not just be a believer. I hope your goal is to be a follower. But to be a follower, you're going to have to take your own will and your wants and all this and just lay it down and pick up the word of God and say, God, this is what your word says. I'm following you. I'm going to apply this to my life. If it's in the Word, that's what I'm doing. If this is in the Word, this, I'm going to slow down and be with you. And if you slow down and be with Him and you be with His Word, I'm telling you, He'll change you. If you let Him change. And 
I'm telling you one of the most painful things is to realize you're not all that and you got to lay some things down. See, there's a balance. If you're over here like, I'm just a worm, that's not healthy. But if you're over here like, I got this, me and God, that's not healthy either. You need God. You need some circles, not just rows in your life. If you're a guy, you need to be out to man up. You need to be in one of these men's groups. You, you, you can't do this by yourself. Ladies, you need to be a, what's the thing coming up? Propel, vibe. You, you, you need to be in a group. You need to be on a team. You need that. Well, I'm pretty busy. You're going to stall. Well, you know what? That church just offered some better program. No, you're, you're going to stall. We're going to stall. And Jesus said, come on, follow me. And you might be sitting here and they say, well, you know, I've, I've reached a believer status. I'm here. I'm happy with this. It's not what he called us to do. Let's all stand. I, I want to define fellowship with you. <clears throat> it's a newer word, but they, this is what they say fellowship means. That you, and just once again, evaluate yourself. I can't evaluate you. Here's what it means. That you take direction well. You get in line behind you become part of things and you deliver what's expected. So if I'm really following well, here's what that means. I'm going to take his direction well. I'm going to get in line with what the word of God says. I'm going to be part of the things that we preached about this morning. And my life will deliver to him and to me what's expected. I think the question today, just evaluate. Just like you would step on this, goes, how well are you following Here's what I'm believing for you. We're about to wrap up a new year, or this year, go into a new year. We're about to wrap up a phase of this church, change locations, go into some new levels, some new opportunities. I don't want, this is not about more attenders. This is about, are we really disciples? Are we really following? And it's hard on our flesh, but I do believe that's what Jesus said. Come, follow me, lay it down. Pick up the cross, pick up the word of God, and follow me with everything you've got. And in that, you're going to find everything he ever called you to be. And I'm going to say this to you. There's so many of us walking around like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Here's why you're here, to lay you down and pick up the words of Jesus and, and follow him and live for his cause and make a difference. I just solved your purpose dilemma. I just solved your purpose dilemma. It's finding out who he made you to be and pursuing him. That's what your purpose is. And in you doing that, you will affect so many people. You can go home today and say, I just discovered my purpose. It's to give you away and follow him. It's not how much information can you accumulate, how spiritual you can become, how you can do this on your own. No, it's about, you know what? I'm following him. That is your purpose. That's my, I'm just going to follow him. That's... And those are just what they say are the greatest catalysts for us to follow him. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you would be real honest with me and say, you know what? You preached to me this morning. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.